Good evening and welcome to Magic Time post-game edition. A very special Moncton Magic have clinched the number one seed in the NBLC edition of Magic Time. Scott Squires along with my broadcast partner on Moncton Magic Home Games, Dave Tingley. We are live on location at St. Louis Burr and Grill, the Moncton location, but of course the podcast. Proudly brought to you by both Moncton and Dieppe locations of St. Louis Bar and Grill. I would encourage you to check them out on Facebook. And Dave, uh, a 129-115, very complete, I might say, team win for the Moncton Magic over the Windsor Express. Your thoughts? Um, complete is the word I would use. The word I would use, guy. Yeah, and that's two complete games in a row uh, from them after some <laughs> some games where they had to put together some fourth quarter comebacks because the first two and three quarters didn't go as pro- as planned so yeah really encouraging stuff and some wonderful defensive performances I mean you look at 115 you go well you know maybe struggle not not quite up to their usual standards maybe but that all kind of stems from pace of play Windsor plays super fast Windsor uh, pushes the tempo Windsor gets up shots and and they average more than 115 a game and and uh and Moncton was scoring at, at really at will, and I think that's really the story of the game tonight is how Moncton is rounding into form offensively as the playoffs approach. We knew coming in that Moncton was going to be keyed up for this with a chance to clinch the number one seed uh, in the league and to have home court throughout the playoffs, a chance to do it on their home court. And uh, for my money, it's probably the best start that they've had to a first half, a first quarter, first half, uh, that we've seen from the Moncton Magic at home in quite some time. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's that's two really good first quarters in a row again, going back to the Cape Breton game. And, and yeah, certainly, I mean, that is that is very encouraging because um, as good as they are on the home floor, if they get out to, if they can, if they can really take care of business in the for in these first quarters and and and, uh, and 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 jump out to leads, that makes them even more dangerous on the home floor. They're going to finish the season seventeen and three at home, a tremendous home record. And who wants to come into this building and play them in the playoffs with that kind of record? Nobody. And we should mention, we just said talked about. 17 and 3 at home. How about the home crowd on a Tuesday night? Yeah, they were electric in there tonight, and there was lots for them to get both excited and upset about back and forth, Scott, and we'll get into that as we as we go along. The Windsor Express gave them plenty of reasons to get out of their seat uh, uh, and given some Bronx cheers, and the Magic gave them plenty of reasons to give real cheers. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun atmosphere in there tonight. Playoff atmosphere, really, because Windsor, they're in a battle now for that final playoff spot. They've done themselves no favors, and they're, they're now in it. K- KW's got lots of hope to catch them for that last spot. Yeah, lots of th- different things we can break down, uh, but we referenced the good start by the Moncton Magic in that first quarter, first half. How about the start and the continuation throughout the game of uh, Vegas boy, Billy White? Yeah. Uh, a tremendous game, and I referenced it on the broadcast, but probably as much fun as I've seen Billy White have in a game in quite some time. Well, when Billy's... There, there's, there's two facial expressions that I love from Billy. One is the scowl when he's mean mugging because he's into it for that reason. The other one's the big smile because that that's when you know he's having, like you said, a lot of fun. We haven't seen that big smile spread across his face but tonight, but when you're 
when you go for 28 on 9 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from three-point land, uh, and 6 of 8 from the free-throw line where he struggled this year to go along with 10 boards and 4 assists, so a double-double for him, first time in a, in a, in a few games. Um, what's, what's there not to smile about from that? And, of course, he had a plethora of guys around him playing wonderfully on both ends of the floor tonight. For those of you that have no idea what the word plethora means, like me, uh, you can certainly Google it and get a meaning. Good job on you, Dave, for dropping uh, the big word. Word of the day toilet paper comes in <laughs> handy a lot, Scott. Um, I know that the Moncton Magic coaching staff have uh, joined alongside here at a table just next to us here at St. Louis Bar and Grill. Well, we got speaking coach, of smiles. Yeah, Coach Joe Salerno, assistants Elvin Mims, Todd McKillop, uh, Matt Robertson, Mitch Rowley, and some gentleman who's not part of the coaching staff but is joining them as well so the unknown individual there as well and uh, they're a happy bunch because I think Dave look you know right from the beginning of the year this team was talking about building something special here working towards a championship and certainly uh, a couple of steps along the way was to finish first in the division mission accomplished and to get first in the league overall and have home court throughout the playoffs mission accomplished uh how nice is it to see the smiles on those faces right now yes there's still some games to play but uh a little bit of an exhale, I think, from the coaching staff tonight. <laughs> we just heard a big one from coaches. He sat back down. No, this is fun. It's fun, yeah. And coach is going to join us here in a second. But no, I mean, this is fun. What's what's not fun about this? you got a professional team in your hometown who's uh, clinched first place and in a good spot going to the playoffs. So, yeah, what's not fun about this? So, Coach Joe Salerno alongside now joining us. And, Coach, before we even talk about the accomplishment tonight, and uh, finishing first overall in the in the league. Maybe just a word about the fan support tonight. Dave and I just said a great crowd on hand on a Tuesday night at the Avenue Center, but what did that crowd bring to you guys, especially down the stretch? Well, they definitely brought some energy tonight for sure. Uh, you know, I commented after the game, you know, well after the game. Um, you know, all the fans stayed. They all stayed uh, tonight for, for a little bit, and, you know, they were just chanting, you know, I think let's go magic, and uh, it was really cool. That's one of the first times in, in my time here in the NBL I've seen something like that happen. So I think the, uh, the fans knew the situation tonight. They, they knew the uh, the importance of the game and, and what was at stake and uh, they were great they supported our guys and you know we, we started playing a little more up tempo a little more up and down and, and I think the fans enjoyed and, and we can get behind them so uh, it was great it was a great great uh, fan base tonight at the Avenue Center now I buried the lead a little bit when I brought you over but uh, I have to say congratulations coach uh, a huge moment tonight I know you and I have talked all season long about the fact that you've never had first overall in the league to have home court throughout the playoffs. Uh, you've had a second seed, but uh, getting that first seed tonight, uh, how much of a good feeling did that give you tonight when the final tick- seconds ticked off and you were indeed the number one seed? I mean, it felt good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to downplay it. It felt really good. I mean, on, on a lot of different levels. Uh, obviously, you know, from a personal standpoint, yeah, it is, it is something I've, I've never uh, achieved uh, during my time in the NBL to have that number one overall seed. And, you know, I've, I've, I've lost in the finals twice, you know, where we were the number two seed. So <laughs> on, a, on an opponent's home floor. So to get the home court throughout uh, is, was big, you know, uh, for me again personally. On another level, you know, for the Magic organization. You know, we started last year with a brand new organization. And, uh, um, you know, we wanted to, to bring a different environment and a different brand of basketball and a different organization to the city of Moncton uh, from what they'd had previously. So this is something we've been working towards for, for two years now. Uh, so, again, just really proud and, and uh, 
uh, and happy for, for the Magic organization as a whole. And I like what you said about the style of play because we were talking about how, like at the first of the year, you guys, we, I was looking at the, you know, we talked about the defensive and offensive stats, and you can go back and forth on what those mean, but start of the year, you guys, I think nine of the, eight of the first ten games you have, you, you allowed under 100 points. And now it's a little bit different. You're, average, you're, you're allowing more points, but you're out, your, 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 your pace of play, I think, is picking up too. And that kind of changes. So it's the numbers kind of can get skewed. You go, we gave up 110 lately and 100. It's a different pace of play you're playing at. So talk about the style of play a little bit offensively with you guys being more explosive and how that kind of translates on the floor. Yeah, it has. I think over the whole course of the year, I mean, obviously our personnel has changed uh, a decent amount. Um, you know, even with Trey Kell being out the last few games and, and really Corey playing more than one, Corey and Gentry, uh, they're going to be better, more up tempo. Um, you know, less kind of half court pick and roll and making reads. We want to play a little more up tempo, a little more free flowing. So, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I kind of made the conscious decision about two weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to kind of open this up a little bit. I'm not going to call a lot of sets. I'm not going to call a lot of plays. I'm going to let these guys play. And, you know, we've been doing that consistently in practice, hoping that just some chemistry is going to be formed. And, um, you know, so we're playing a very kind of open, free flowing type of offensive game. We'll be putting points on the board. So um, it's been it's it's been better certainly offensively and I think I think Trey can play that style too though right when he gets the when he can rip he's such a good re- defensive rebounder from his position he can he can rip it and go and adapt to that style you want to play now yeah. too, even though he's been out yeah Trey can play yeah. both right yeah. it's it's really more so uh you know with, with Corey and uh and Gentry we want to open the floor up a little bit more for them and where I think Trey can really have the best of both worlds he can get the ball off the glass and, and push the break and uh but we can also slow him down and put him in great screen and roll and he can just make good decisions so uh no, we just we have we've made a conscious effort to to play a little more free flowing. Uh, as you saw tonight, I mean, we're going to live with some more kind of real careless turnovers. I don't know how many times <laughs> we threw the ball into the third row. Yeah, but you know, on the flip side of that, we had a lot of transition buckets. Yeah. Um, so you got you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Uh, but I do think the guys are playing more confident. Yeah. Uh, they're a little more comfortable, and um, I'm going to play to our guys' strengths. So if that's what what's working for us and working for them, I'm all for it. Yeah. And coach, a team has to play as a team to win and, and it's never easy sometimes to pick out individuals but I've been a big Billy White fan probably as big a, big a Billy White fan as Dave is a Denzel Taylor fan but for my money tonight and I'm going back to even calling games when Billy was in the opposition for my money I thought it was one of his more complete performances but the thing I really liked about Billy White tonight he had fun he seemed to be really enjoying himself and playing to the moment and kind of pulling his mates along with him. He even had a really neat exchange with Juan Patillo late in that game where Billy hit a shot and then Juan came down and, and hit a, an alley-oop jam right in front of Billy and Billy kind of smiled, gave Juan a little tap. What did you see from Billy tonight? Billy was really good and I just I just commented to the, the coaching staff over at the other table there. You know, Billy has um, his, his good things and his bad things uh, about him. Billy's been in three straight finals. You know, Billy, we pointed out after the game, he's the only guy in that locker room that has a ring from this league. Uh, When it comes to, to winning time, like Billy's ready to go and and there was a look to him tonight there was a focus to him and shoot around it's like he knows now's now's the time we're getting to the postseason we can clinch number one tonight I'm coming to play and I mean he was he was locked in I mean I haven't seen him shoot the ball that well both from free and the free throw line tonight yeah free throw line six of eight I think he was four six from three or four of eight yeah four of eight I mean he was playing with confidence and uh like this is why we brought Billy White here to 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 help us win games when it matters because 
on a personal note, I've lost to him three times in the postseason <laughs> the last three years. So yeah. um, I was certainly glad to see him in a Magic uniform tonight. And again, he was uh, he was ready to go. He was great. And he, and he was and, and he's been him and Corey have been have had. Look, they're your two like name guys. If there's you know to any casual followers of the league or, or of the Magic, those are the two names that are going to stick out. And when those two guys, I mean, twenty nine the piece tonight. I mean, when those two when those two are on, um, you know, and, and Wayne and Freddie are, are in there, fit in their roles. You guys are really. That's when you talk about your explosive offensively. That's when you're the toughest to stop. When Corey's doing his thing and Billy's doing his thing. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I don't know if it listens. I, I didn't think Corey was all that great tonight to be honest with you I mean he shot it very yeah, well but he had some careless turnovers yeah, he, he got beat a couple times defensively he said that after the game to me and he knows that yeah, he knows he that but uh, but boy he can make up for it the way he shoots the three and, yeah, he can. I mean he's just so deadly from three he's such a weapon to have And but you're absolutely right when those two guys are clicking full tilt and then you have other guys like McSwain contributing and, and uh, you know Wayne was pretty good tonight and yeah, you've got a very, very tough tough ball club. So, uh, like I said, though, they're playing with confidence right now, and, and I love it. And um, if I need to take a little bit of a backseat to those guys flowing offensively, like I said, sign me up. I'm, uh, I'm all for it. And, and one more, too, about you mentioned Wayne. I was going to get to him. I thought he was – I mean, look – when he's when he's got when he's got numbers offensively like 18 8 and 5 and shooting the ball real well I mean, you guys are going to be. I think I don't think anybody can beat you if he gives you that offensively because of what he gives you defensively. I thought he was amazing on Ryan Anderson tonight. I mean, Ryan did nothing no. outside of those threes that he got hot a little bit. And then I thought it was a little. And maybe you can tell me the start of the fourth quarter. Chris Jones at the end of the third was getting really hot. At the start of the fourth, I don't think Ryan. I don't think Anderson was on the floor. And I think at least the first couple of times down the floor, Wayne was kind of matched up with. Chris a little bit. Did you kind of make that switch? And yeah, go yeah. Check him, let's slow him up a little bit. Yep, yeah, he got hot there a little bit. And yeah. again, if Marcus isn't on the floor, you know, yeah, Wayne, Wayne's, Wayne's gonna the, be the stopper. Guy. He's yeah. the guy. So, yeah. uh, no, listen, Wayne completely shut down Ryan Anderson tonight. <laughs> I mean, point blank, <laughs> shut him down. And, and, you know, that's what Wayne does. And, um, you know, I think Ryan's a one dimensional player. And if you can take that away from him, which Wayne did tonight, he's really not going to be a factor in the game. It's tough to take it away from him sometimes. I mean, with, with, point, tough. with point guards as good as Horace and as good as and Jones, too, at the yeah. team, they're going to create that stuff. But he's so good at being long and helping and recovering. It's, it's, it, he is. You're absolutely right about yeah. that. But Wayne is also just so di- uh, disciplined, like yeah. mentally disciplined. If he knows he's got to pick up Ryan Anderson early out of transition, yeah. he's going to do that all game. And I trust him to do that. And that's why he's so solid. Uh, even the couple threes Anderson hit. Uh, well, Back, was back. Just, uh, they were off ball screens yeah. where actually it was it was our big. I think it was actually Denzel even once and Billy once that they just didn't hedge hard enough and get out there. And one was in transition where he just it was five feet right. behind the line. It was so, just one of those Ryan Anderson threes that he makes sometimes. Right. And yeah. so like I said, McCall I thought just completely yeah. took him out of his game tonight. And yeah. um, he, he's having Wayne and Marcus has oh, been yeah. big for us. Um, and it's just you know they're doing their job. They're doing it well. You never know what you're going to get when you take to the floor and you play an opponent. Um, you guys knew what was on the line for you tonight, trying to clinch first overall in the league on your home court. Windsor battling for playoff position, playoff spot. Only the second time you played this team all year. But Dave and I talked about it on the broadcast. It seemed that Windsor was intent on talking a lot, uh, contesting a lot of calls, talking to the officials. And as the game wore on, things kind of heated up a little bit there were a couple of exchanges on the floor uh things kind of got heated at the end deandre thomas was in the middle of a lot of it particularly at the end uh what was it like on the bench 
was there much discussion amongst the players? Were you guys trying to tell them to one another, say, you know, let's not get into what they're doing? But what was the discussion? Because it, it seemed clear that Windsor, whether it was by design or not, was really chirping a lot. I, I think I refer to them as the all-chit-chat team tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Windsor, I, I don't think that was by design. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think we came out very aggressive defensively on guys like Ryan Anderson, even on guys like uh, like Jones. I mean, Marcus was kind of all over him to start the game. Uh, you know, Denzel is going to be aggressive on anybody, and we started him on Patillo. Um, so, so again, I think our style of play to start that game, I think, might have gotten under their skin a little bit. Might have kind of riled them up a little bit. Um, and, you know, I mean, Windsor, they're going to be physical. They've always been physical um, since the start of the season. And, you know, I mean, they, they can kind of kind of try to bully you sometimes a little bit. And, you know, the best thing to do is is, is punch a bully in the mouth first and, and get them on their heels a little bit. And I thought we did that a little bit tonight. And I was impressed with your guys' reaction after the unsportsmanlike foul that Ryan got. I mean, Wayne popped right back up. And on the broadcast, I didn't... I kind of downplayed the foul a little bit because it looked to me like he just kind of chested him. But, it, you know, I know it was a little bit... You felt it was a little bit maybe more than that. But I was impressed with how your guys reacted. Wayne popped back up. There was no... You know, rush at Ryan. It kind of, guys just kind of help and, and diffused it, kind of thing, right? So it didn't go any further. I thought that you guys were really disciplined, and that's I think the, the difference tonight was a disciplined team and a non-disciplined team, really. Yeah, I thought. I mean, it's a little bit of a difference. I do think the guys handled it well. I mean, I I, yeah. I do believe my own opinion. I think it was a little bit of a, of a cheap shot. Yeah. Uh, I think Ryan and Wayne had been talking a little bit from the start of the game because Wayne was just playing them tough. He was playing them hard. And um, the I first play of the game, I commented the very first play of the game. Ryan went hard to the, to, for, a, for an offensive rebound, and Wayne just nailed him on the box out. Nailed yeah. him. And they got caught up, and there was and it just got chippy right from yeah. the first play of the game. Listen, man, Wayne's, you know, kind of boyish smile. He, he can't fool you. He's a tough no, kid. he's tough, And man. Uh, he played him tough. So, like I said, I think uh, we, we have a goal. We had a goal. We've talked about it so much. We had an opportunity to uh, achieve that tonight. We weren't going to let anything get in our way of that. And I thought the guys were pretty focused on that, disciplined about it. So I was proud of them. I was very yeah. proud of them for that. Yeah. Everybody rowing the boat the same way, and it's great to see when guys aren't in the lineup uh, cheering on their teammates who are in the lineup. But one guy that is so much fun to watch, and I I almost want to have an isolation camera on him on the sideline. You definitely want him back on the floor, but he's so much fun right now just to watch as a cheerleader is Nick Evans. What's it like over there with him next to you, Coach, when he's just popping up and down and jumping and just getting into everything? You should ask Mitch Rowley that because Mitch is the guy that Nick sits next Mitch, to. Here. Mitch won't talk to us on these things. He won't come talk <laughs> nah, to us, old Mitch. But uh, <laughs> listen, Nick. Nick has a lot of energy, and you know what? Right after Nick got hurt, I I, I actually met with Nick one on one, and I said, Nick, I understand you're not going to be able to, to you know expend the energy, expend on, the the energy on the floor. You have to kind of harness this, man, and we got to kind of direct this the right way. And um, but you know what, Nick? Nick actually is a good, he's a good team guy. He's yeah, just he uh, he's a very energetic. He has a lot to say throughout the course of the entire day. And uh, but you know he he does bring positive energy. Uh, he brings a lot of stuff. But he brings some positive energy, and um, that's good. He's trying to contribute any way that he can right now. And, you know, i got to mention, too. I want to mention real quick, like, yeah. Nick, we have 12 very nice lockers in our locker room. Okay, we have 12 nice lockers, nice big leather chairs, and, and, and you know, when we activated Mark Fernandez, 
you know, Nick is still here. And Nick had zero issue kind of giving that locker to, to Mark Fernandez during that time. And I, I think you got you got to point a guy out for that. You got to call it, like that's a nice thing, you know. Nick Nick is a good teammate. He brings positive energy, and um, I'm really looking forward to getting Nick back in the lineup here uh, come playoff time. And one thing. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of the kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from a from an energy perspective or an attitude perspective, going to, to Denzel, my guy Denzel. But um, one positive, one tough thing for I want to get your kind of out, uh, outlook on this. He was he was good again tonight. I mean, he didn't have huge numbers, seven and eight, but he was good again. I mean, he was really solid defensively. You talked about the job he did on Juan and, and rebounding the ball and just being a menace underneath the, the boards generally offensively, but. Um, his finishing's been really good lately too like really impressive underneath the floor much more of an offensive threat but he has trouble staying on the floor right now yeah. with his fouls Yeah. and is there something you can point to with him and say look this is where you're getting caught whether it's you know offensive rebounding or, or, or uh, just being a little too physical in the post or he's gotten he's getting them everywhere he's getting on the screens too a little bit mm-hmm. and I think he's undeserving a little bit maybe it's some of these not used to the physicality I don't know what it is how you think referees call him maybe but it's something you can talk to him about you know maybe get him under wraps I think Nick Evans was a good segue into this a while back Nick was picking up a lot of fouls and games and what Nick and I started doing on a weekly basis is we would actually from our our synergy account we would we would look at every one of his fouls he committed and how he was committing those fouls over the last week we need to start doing the same with Denzel we need to identify some small things I mean Denzel just plays so hard and Denzel loves contact like loves he just loves banging and oh. and uh you know i hate seeing denzel defend so well for six seconds on an isolation and pick up a foul at the last minute so uh we do need denzel on the floor we do need to identify where some of these chippy fouls are coming in he has to be a little less handsy you know he really and to me it's something as simple as at least show the ref you have one hand up yeah. and still defend the same way but yeah. um I think sometimes Denzel is not awarded by the officials, rewarded by the officials of how hard he works and how hard he plays. And, you know, that's something I, at least once a game, I'm kind of working the officials like, this kid's defending his yeah. butt off. He's working hard. You got to reward him sometimes. And that's that's my thing on the broadcast. He, he, is, a, he is a first team all league level defender and he does not get the benefit of the whistle the way other guys he doesn't but yet you'll have officials tell you all the time the more aggressive player is going to get the benefit of the doubt most of the time and like I said Denzel we we do need to identify and I need to start doing the same thing with Denzel we just have to start identifying where these fouls are coming from I have no problem with Denzel picking up three four fouls a game but we need to space those out and uh, because again he's so important to our team and and, uh, we need to have him on the floor now coach I gotta ask you you're a personable guy you know you're from Vermont People in Vermont, pretty friendly, kind of like Atlantic Canadians. You've been around the league a long time. I know you're wondering, where's he going with this? What's it? I don't know where he's going. <laughs> I know you don't, right? No. But you're a very friendly guy. You've been around the league a long time, so you know a lot of these guys. And I've noticed a lot of times that you seem to get in, not, not that you're initiating it, but you seem to get into these running conversations with opposing players. And we like to talk about it on the broadcast. And, oh, yeah, maybe they're talking about where to go for a bite to eat after or whatever. Is, it, is this something that you notice? Like, do, you, do you mind that? But what, what's it like, like tonight you had a bit of a conversation with Ryan Anderson. We've seen it with other players. But what is it? Is it because you're like that friendly Vermont guy? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't think that I have 
conversations. I actually try to avoid conversations with opposing players. I avoid conversations with fans during games. On but they, you know, we, they initiated with you, but the players initiate because with you more than me. any other coach. Yeah, because they know me. I've, yeah. I've been here since day one. They, they've all like guys that have been in the league three, four years, like a, like a Ryan Anderson. They they know me. I mean, they've yeah. seen me around enough. Um, so I think maybe they feel a little more comfortable initiating a conversation with me. Um, sometimes it's it's literally it is talking about where to go eat. It's a very friendly conversation. It's a very other times it's not. Um, I can tell you this. I, I do never I, I never try to engage in what would be a negative conversation. Uh, in tonight's case, you know, Ryan I, again I thought it was a little bit of a cheap shot and I'm gonna let him know that you know that's not all right against our players. So if I can direct his attention from Wayne McCullough to me, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it's good for us because it always gives us some nice anecdotes to talk about on the broadcast. I, I just, I just think it's, it's like if I go back to like a, an old place of work or an old school and I see a teacher or a former boss at Eastern, I'm like, I'm going to go right over and start talking to him. So it's kind of like that with you, right, coach? So, so many of the guys, though. But, but again, I've just, I've been around a long time, so I do know a lot of players in this league. A lot of them. A lot of them have probably played for me at some point. So, uh, you, you, believe it or not. More times than not, they're normally a friendly conversation. It's unfortunate if it doesn't go that way, but uh, so be it. All right, real quick one for you. Uh, in your tenure in the National Basketball League of Canada, from an opposing point of view, the most chatty player who always seemed to be trying to engage you and chat you up no matter what it was about? Ryan Anderson. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. I mean, there's, there's nobody. There's I don't no think there's any other choice. Uh, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think there's any other... Uh, any other oh, I'll put it this way. The guy who chats me up the most who has never played for me and never will play for me, but the guy who... Chasmy of the most has never played for me is, is absolutely Ryan Anderson, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> coach, coach did not even have to think about that no. for half a second. So I know that your food is here. You're delicious. What are you having tonight at uh, St. Louis Bar and Grill anyway? Well, it was buy one, get one free apps, right? So I actually took a recommendation from, from the waitress, and uh, she said... Uh, I oh, think yeah. I got some, some bone-in bites and, and bacon-wrapped mac yeah. and cheese, which I've never had. It's a recommendation from, from assistant coach Mitch Rowley. He said I had to get them. So, listen, if they're no good, it's on him. I can tell you the bacon-wrapped mac and cheese, epic. It, it will be a get-it-again type of deal. Before we let you go, coach, obviously a big moment tonight, clinching first overall. <laughs> Not only from what it gonna, it's going to do for you now in the playoffs, but also the last few games down the regular season, it gives you a little bit of flexibility to maybe do some things with your roster, with minutes and things like that, with guys that might be nursing some injuries or some bumps and bruises, which happen this time of year. Have you even had a chance to think about what you might do over the next week or so down the stretch of the last few regular season games with your roster and with minutes? Well, I think that's why it was so good to get this out of the way and, and know where we're going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, for us, I, I do want to still continue to, to try to play at a high level. I, I want to. I want to win these last three games. I want. I want to continue to uh, build that offensive chemistry and continue to try to get back to our defensive identity as well. But uh, it certainly gives us an opportunity to to rest a couple guys. You know, Freddie McSwain's been banged up. Believe it or not, his knee has a lot of kind of swelling and some time off for him would actually be a good thing. You know, which will open up some minutes for Brad States, for him to get a little more run. Uh, this will also give us an opportunity to, as slowly as we want, work Trey Kell back into the lineup, you know, which I think is very important because Trey Kell will be a very important piece for us come playoff time. Um, you know, I think it also gives the opportunity to, to rest Corey a little bit and, and give G some more minutes. Uh, again, trying to find consistent play from Gentry. I thought he was very good in the first half and not so 
so good in the second half tonight. Um, so it, it's definitely going to open up an opportunity to get some flexibility. Uh, for me, we, we do want to make sure we are 100% healthy going into the postseason, but we also have to continue to still play at a high level. So I think we're going to have, I mean, our last game's the 24th. You know, I don't think the, the playoffs aren't going to start until at least April 3rd. Uh, probably not fifth, Probably not until the 5th and the 7th, probably, yeah. Potentially. I mean, they, yeah. they're, you can start on the 3rd. Yeah. Um, I don't know when our home dates will be yeah. yet. So we're going to have an extended period of time yeah. from our last game to the opening playoff game. Yeah. So we just, we'll have time to rest then, too. So, you know, I don't have it quite figured out as far as how we'll handle these last three games, but I know now we have the flexibility to handle it as we see fit, and that's what we'll do. I know I'm good. He's answered everything for me. All right, last real quick one. I know that uh, the Moncton Magic again going to be doing the uh, the bracket challenge for March Madness, yeah, which starts on Thursday. Sorry, but I was focused on Belmont. That's my problem. I was focused on Belmont. <laughs> By the way, I have neither of your brackets yet. So I, email, I, I emailed I've been, you. I'm curious. You. I thought you'd be there tonight, gung ho, ready to go. I wanted to wait for the play-in games. Oh, I, I see. Okay. No, see, right. I got Belmont winning a game, so I got to make sure they're in, actually in the game to I, win. Okay, so you're finding angles to work. Okay, I, all yeah. right. Which is why I'm massaging you right now to see what you're leaning towards for your final four, <laughs> yeah. Coach. Boy, you know, I, I'm dead serious. I, I tried filling a bracket out yesterday, mm. and I'm really struggling this year. Like, it's, I find it really difficult this year to figure out who I like and and who's going where? Um, I, ra- I ran a bracket at Mount A where a girl entered, it, a girl that I knew entered in every year, and picked based on the, ni- the based on the nicknames of the teams. Yeah. A blue Devil would beat a Badger, and she and she finished second one year. So I might just do that this year. I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea. And you know, I'm actually I'm I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm, I'm feeling good tonight. I I do have to protect my title here. I I, we, I did That's win I this pool last year. And I think my wife. Yeah, I don't think you've ever, I don't think you've ever mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> Ever mentioned that? So, um, but I don't know why. Like, I do know, you know, I do think uh, Tennessee can win some games. I think they're explosive. Um, you know, I think Duke has a one of the easier roads to potentially the Final Four. Um, so See, I, I, li- I like the Duke Michigan State thing because Duke can't make threes and Michigan State defends and rebounds. Yeah, I like that. That I don't know where I'm going with that. That could be that could be really tough. I don't know where I'm going um, with that. I so you Duke? know what? I don't have a Final right. Four. I don't have a Final Four yet. Me neither. I, I just I need to fill it out tomorrow. I'll, I'll get it done tomorrow. I'll probably on the airplane. Well, I will do the same now. Before I let you go, I do have to get this. And Dave mentioned uh, having a, a female come in and do the thing with the the uh, mass or the, the team names, the Blue Devil, the Badge, or whatever. Yeah. Your daughter Alex has completed her bracket. And uh, using some very interesting um, approach, I guess, an interesting way of breaking it down, Coach. What, what exactly did she do to come up with her champion? Yes, my daughter Alex, who's five years old, this is her first bracket ever. And my son Cam, who was very excited, he filled out his own bracket on his own this year. Like He, was, he cannot wait to get home from school yesterday because he knew he was going to fill out a bracket. So, But my daughter Alex, we filled out our brackets. Um, I just asked her the team names, who she liked, and... Of course, she's very familiar with Vermont. She, you know, she knows we're from Vermont. <laughs> yeah. She goes and visits her, her grandmother and her Papa Joe in Vermont every summer. She loves Vermont. She also knows her aunt Amber lives in Montana. Oh, okay. okay. She's very aware okay. of this. Her, okay. aunt, her aunt Amber lives in Montana. So, um, you know, she was very confident. She's picking Vermont to win in the first round and Montana in the first round and Montana again. And, Dad, I want Vermont again. Until those two teams met... 
And it literally took my daughter, Alex, about 15 minutes of pacing from our living room to dining room, telling me, Dad, I don't know who's going to win, Vermont or Montana. I don't know who to pick. And finally, she settled on Montana. The Grizzlies. The the 15 seed. Wow. Montana Grizzlies. Over the Catamounts. ultimately decided... Montana will win the national championship this year. Okay. She is dead set on this, so uh, it was a lot of fun to see She's going to be world famous if that happens. I mean, if it does, she may be the one and only to choose that, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was so fun, literally for the rest of the afternoon. Dad, is Montana going to win? I, I don't uh, – she was, like, <laughs> distraught over this UVM-Montana potential matchup, so uh, it was a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, she has Montana, and my son – Cam actually has Texas Tech winning the whole thing. Ooh. Interestingly enough, he knew that Nick O'Quarry, a former player of mine, played at Texas Tech. He's good buddies with Nick. Says he's going to ride with uh, the Red Raiders and Nick O'Quarry. So he's got Texas Tech. So we got Montana, we got Texas Tech, and uh, Coach Salerno and uh, wife Darcy yet to be determined. Their champion. Well, listen, Coach, we thank you so much for taking time to join us. And I know that... uh, this is a another notch in the coaching belt. Uh, you've got an illustrious career in the National Basketball League of Canada, the longest tenured coach in the league. But uh, this was something that was a first for you tonight, getting a number one seed in home court throughout the playoffs. So, again, congratulations. Now go enjoy it with the rest of your coaching staff. Okay, that's great. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll, we'll see you when we get back from Ontario. Good job. At the very least, you'll get an email from Dave and I tomorrow with uh, a bracket. It's I might pick Montana. I never, I you mean, never I know. I know Montana now, I think. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, listen... <laughs> You know, we, we covered a lot of ground there with with uh, with Coach Salerno. Hey, Matt, you can come on anytime, by the way. Ro- Roly's a chicken, but you can come on anytime you want. I'm always available for media We We might have to do the Magic Time live post game with a boom mic. Let, let so the that we can show. reach around and get comments from all of the other coaches. I, I picked you in the back alley brawl if it happened. My, meanwhile, your coach, fellow coach, he was taking the bat against me 100%. and you. Okay. One for, for you. I hope you got good odds for that. Matt, the first aid guy, was like, "Listen, man, like I wasn't trying to like pick you up off the ground with my, you know, stuff in my book." Oh, the first. Oh, see, okay, this the, is where the boom mic would come in. Very. We handy. need a boom mic for this. We need a boom mic. Why don't we have one? Well. The uh, coaching staff enjoying a much-deserved meal and some beverages here. <laughs> a first seed celebratory meal at St. Louis <laughs> yes. Bar and Grill first on seed. Mountain Road in Montreal. March Madness has come to New Brunswick. So look, Dave, uh, last thing before we go, this Moncton Magic team have taken on all comers this season. And, I, you know, they've played many different styles. Throughout the year, we've used the hashtag findaway because they have found many different ways to win a ball game. But knowing the league the way that you do and and covering it like we do, is there a first-round matchup that you feel would be, well, we just talked about the Final Four and how teams can have a quote-unquote easier path. Is there a first-round opponent from uh, just everything that we know perspective that you'd like to see Moncton match up against in round one? No. No, no. I mean, the, the, all the perspective, all the perspective matchups that you look at. I mean, really, the realistic ones are St. John, um, KW, Windsor. You know, all of which have caused all sorts of. But I mean, it's most likely going to be St. John, right? And they are tough, just tough with a capital T. 
and they aren't going to let they aren't going to it's going to be an absolute battle no matter who it is uh, styles make fights we said that before too that's it's a common refrain that we have and they and the style the potential styles for the first round matchups are you know anywhere from grinded out in the 80s type games to run and gun in the 120s 130s type game it could be anywhere depending on how these final few games go it's going to be really exciting that first round no matter what it is and I may be a little biased as you might be because we are the home broadcasters but I truly don't think Moncton cares I think it's like no. next up bring them all mm-hmm. so it's going to be fun to see you know the, again uh, as we record this live uh, on the 19th of March after Moncton has clinched with their 129-115 victory over the Windsor Express we're probably about two-ish weeks away from the start of the playoffs, but uh, we could be in for a fun and magical run. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this has been this has been an absolute blast this year. Doing these games with you is a blast. Coach giving us his time is, is, is always great, and these guys are fun to call. It's going to be a blast in the playoffs. Oh, the playoffs! I cannot wait. We're actually I haven't even told you this yet. We're going to step up our yes. amount. A podcast, and we're going to yes. do a podcast prior to each series. Yes, breaking down the series, breaking down the matchups. We're going to do a pregame. We're going to do a postgame podcast in the playoffs, Dave. You may as well just uh, keep that microphone clipped on your tie. Do it. Yeah. All right. And last thing, as we are at St. Louis Bar and Grill tonight, our fantastic sponsor. What are you having? I'm I'm having the garlic sticks and the cauliflower. Oh, so good. I'm. I can't even tell you how excited I am, Scott. It's, plus, it's it's my birthday tomorrow, by the way. Dave, it's my birth. It's fifty. I am forty three in about 50, forty eight minutes. I've got to talk to my Google Calendar and Facebook about not reminding me yet. Well, happy early birthday, my thank friend. Thank you, thank you. So this is this is fun for me. I've had a good day, and yeah, I've had a I've had a. Tw- this is now the. This will be the twenty fourth anniversary of me on the first day of March Madness, uh, sitting in front of the television with a Subway sub and a beer. It started. It started with me skipping class first year at Mount A. Sorry, Dr. Penny Bryden and Dr. Fur Wangler for skipping for skipping your classes, but I had to be done. It started a twenty four year run. It continues. Thank you, thank you to RBC for giving me the vacation days this time. I don't have to don't have to call in sick or fake anything. I'll be in front of my television. Thursday at 1 p.m. watching the madness. I'm, I, I could not be happier right now. The Magic have clinched the playoff spot. It's my birthday, and I'm going to have some fun this week. Some Ur- fun, Scott. RBC can be expecting my sponsorship letter to be <laughs> following sometime tomorrow morning. Well, listen, Dave, thank you very much for hanging out and doing this uh, special Always. game Always, of Magic Scotty. Time. As the month of Magic have indeed clinched first overall. In the National Basketball League of Canada, they'll have home court advantage for as long as they go in the playoffs, and we sure hope it's a long run. So on behalf of Dave, I'm Scott, and a big thank you as well to our fantastic sponsor of Magic Time, St. Louis Bar and Grill, with locations in Moncton and Dieppe, and I would encourage you to check them out on Facebook, because they always got some kind of special going on. Scott Squire saying thanks again, and we'll talk to you again very soon. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now. Cool.